0: Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome to spirit Real Talk. I have a word that might hit different on today. I feel like it's so relevant sometimes. And I've learned this through embracing content creation and sometimes how that even happens. I could plan it to a T. I know this as a writer, right? Like I could sit down and I could plan it to a T and nothing happens. And there's other times where I'm feeling some kind of way, but it it doesn't even feel like my stuff. And what I've learned is sometimes you can feel or you could be stirred in something because it's a message to deliver. And I don't know if you know this, but Juliana means joyful, Paige means messenger. (laughs) So I'm going to do my best to stir up some joy and give you this message on today, which is, without further ado, hope in a hard place. But it's really about rejoicing in your hard place. And this one, guys, took me forever. And honestly, I still have to intentionally practice this, but it took me forever, right? To really just grasp and apply to my life, right? Particularly when, a, when you're in a hard place, that's the last thing that you think about doing. You're like, I am not feeling Like rejoicing right now. I am not feeling hopeful. I am not feeling like speaking life. I am feeling like I am a victim of what's happening. I'm feeling like I need to complain about it or make excuses. I am feeling like I want to run from it because it's getting too much, right? So I'm going to address this on today. We rejoice in all things, not for all things. Okay, we rejoice in all things, not for all things is the way that I really flipped that to work for me. But I'm going to take us to a story that's happening up in Genesis, and we're going to talk about Jacob. So if some of you are familiar, hopefully you'll hear this in a different way on today. For those of you that maybe are new, open your heart to receive new new practical wisdom to really apply to your life and your life situation. I think that's one of the best things that you can really get other mentors from reading the word, which is pretty interesting. So, Jacob is a biblical hero who depicts the power and grace of God to change and renew. Praise the Lord, right? He is most commonly known for his cunning and deceitful ways. Interesting, right? So, (laughs) For anyone that thinks that you have to be perfect, this is not not your hero that you look at. But he was known for these cunning and deceitful ways particularly toward his twin brother Esau. Okay? After losing, however, a wrestling match with God, Jacob received God's blessings and a new name, which is Israel. Okay? So, this is coming from Genesis 28. But what I want to highlight here is that Jacob, in Genesis 28, verse 10, he set out for a new place. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. Okay, so check that out. I don't know about you, but I am not about to sleep on a rock. Okay, like I am not your girl to go out into nature, when it's dark outside, pull up a rock and go lay on it. It is not (laughs) my first choice. So that's one of the best things to do when you're reading the word, like get in there, right? Like imagine what that is like, like you are on a journey, right? Like walking at this point, (laughs) right? You're tired, you're exhausted, the sun is set, you know that you can't keep going. So you post up with a rock under your head, All right, not the best pillow. I'm just saying. I like some memory foam. (laughs) So here's the thing. Jacob is in a hard place, quite literally. And I want to highlight that. Sometimes we get in hard places because of life, right? It's not by any of our own doing. But sometimes we get in hard places because of our own doing, and we're experiencing the consequences of that, right? So sometimes it's just life, right? We are not promised a pain-free flowing ride, right? We're not promised that. So sometimes things in life happen that are beyond our understanding. They're mysteries to us in a lot of ways. And it's not because of something we've done. But other times, yes, we've done something. We've ended up where we are because of decisions that we've made. And now we're walking out. The consequences of those are running from the consequences of those, right? So, You can recognize this if you're in a hard place because it's not what you dreamed or imagined, right? You never anticipated that you would be there. You never expected that it would shift and turn that way. And so I'll just give you some very real life examples. Maybe it is a miscarriage, right? You never saw that happening for you, yet you've seen so many people that you're connected to in your sphere of influence that are having these babies and growing their families seemingly right? From the outside looking in with ease. Or maybe you're walking through a health battle and you believe in miracles and healing, but it hasn't happened for you yet, right? And you're in a culture that maybe is not completely sensitive to what you're walking through and the emotional experience of that. And you're not accepting the doctor's diagnosis because God has the final say, but nobody sees those quiet moments where you battle, Right? Where you just muster enough courage to cry silently, right? Or maybe you you were in a relationship and you didn't expect that not just one would end in divorce, but two end in divorce. How how have you not gotten it right yet? Right? Like, how does this keep happening to you? Could be something that you thought. Like, this is never what you pictured. Even as a young Guy or gal, this is never how you saw your life going. Like, Why would you choose that? Why would you choose to endure a lot of this relational trauma and pain, right? Or maybe you were finally promoted into a position that you love and that was taken from you and it doesn't make any sense because you feel like there's been so much preparation to get you to that place and now it's been taken? What is that about, right? Or maybe you've really been wanting to step out and share your voice, but for the first time in your life, you are battling so much fear and anxiety, and you just feel ill-equipped to do anything. You're just terrified, right? And you don't even recognize who is this self that is suddenly overcome with all of this anxiety. Like, that's not even how you're wired, right? So it could be... Any stretch. Maybe you've been fighting a political battle or a court case, or you know, you've just been in a waiting season. And I'm talking for five years plus, right? Like you've been fighting and fighting and fighting, and it just seems like it's not coming easily and you want to partner with God and you want to breakthrough, but at the same time you're tired, right? And like you you do waver. You have these moments of powerlessness, right? That can seem to overtake you when blessings, you know blessings are supposed to overwhelm you, right? So overwhelm you in a good way. <laughs> overtake you, right? Like God's goodness is just meant to just kind of move through you in such a way that you are just overwhelmed by his goodness. You're just in awe of it, okay? Not overwhelmed in a bad way. So I would say if you are in a place like what I'm sharing or if you are in a place that is not been mentioned here but you can feel that it is hard, that it is a hard, hard place, be honest. Be honest that this is a hard place. A lot of times we are living out this social media persona or this public persona that we think we're supposed to project. We want people to perceive us in a certain way, but that is a disservice, not only to yourself, but to everybody around you. Because if you are projecting this persona of I've got it all together, life is going really well for me, but on the inside, you're in a really hard place and you're actually struggling, what you do is you disconnect yourself from other people. People have no clue how to really be available for you. Like if you've got it all together, like she's good, we'll just let her be, right? Like people don't know how to be there for you. People can also likely feel some sort of a volatile energy, a chaotic energy, right? Where you seem okay, but I'm sensing there's something deeper, but I'm not going to force you to talk about it either, but how can I be there for you, right? Like it, it's awkward and that can create some discomfort. So one of the best things that you can do to bless yourself and the people around you is to get honest about the hard place. Get honest about the hard place. A really good example of this is coming from Matthew 20 okay? And this happens to be Matthew 20. I'm going to pull from 32. But this is about the blind men. There's two blind men that are really struggling, right? And they're rushing after Jesus, and they want his mercy, and they're just like pleading, like, Jesus, help us, right? And in verse 32, Jesus stopped and called over, what do you want from me? Like, what do you want me to do, right? Which is not Probably what you would expect, (laughs) right? You would think that Jesus would just, right? In, In our examples, we think that Jesus would just see a need and go fill it, right? But this is really, really interesting. They said, Master, we want our eyes opened. We want to see. We don't want to be blind anymore, in other words, right? And deeply moved, Jesus touched their eyes. They had their sight back that very instant and joined this procession that they were in. So, what, why am I sharing this particular message? I'm sharing that verse because what it is highlighting here is if you don't recognize your own brokenness, how can you ever be healed, right? So a lot of times we try to demonstrate our power. We try to make it known how put together we are, how, how good life is going for us, but it's, it's a disservice if that's a lie. Right, your authenticity is a gift. People being a part of your life story and communing with you and sharing testimonies and growing together is a gift. That's a privilege, actually. Right, being able to be free to who you are, no matter if that's high, low, anywhere in between, that is wholeness. Right, you can't shut off a part of yourself and expect yourself to be whole, it's just not going to happen. So, recognize that you're in a hard place, get honest about it. Right, particularly in your relationship with God, right? God, I don't understand this. God, I don't get it. God, this is really challenging for me. This is heavy for me. And so I choose on today to cast this care over to you. Thank you for giving me wisdom. Thank you for giving me discernment. Thank you for guiding and establishing my steps as I navigate this place. I know that you are good. I know that you are faithful. I know you have good plans for me. I know that you who started a good work in me, is f- you are faithful and you will complete it, right? And I put my hope in you. See what I'm saying? Shift. That's a shift, okay? But you can't have that internal shift if you don't get honest about what's up. And God is the best person to get honest with. And it's okay to be not okay? It's okay not to be not okay. What happens is a lot of times we label ourselves like, oh my gosh, like why am I thinking that thought? Or, ooh, I shouldn't have that emotion. I'm only allowed to feel like three emotions, right, that are acceptable. Or, oh man, I can't believe that that's still a trigger for me. There's things like that that come up that we don't feel okay, that we're actually not okay. We don't want to accept that. But it is okay to not be okay, but don't camp out there. Okay, so key point right here is rest and give God some space to show up. Okay, rest and give God some space to show up. All right, so an example going back to Jacob in Genesis 28 is in verse 13. And it says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Whole lot of blessing right there. What is that saying? God can bless you in a hard place. God can bless you in the midst of a hard place. Sometimes we don't always see that, though, because we're focusing so much on the hard place. But God can bless you in a hard place. What are you aware of would be the question, right? What are you aware of? So continuing, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Remember, Jacob is straight up still chilling with a rock under his head. Okay, that's powerful. When he became aware of God, everything changed. Okay, so how do you rejoice in a hard place? I'm going to give you three things. I'm also going to give you some practical wisdom for in the waiting, in a waiting season, when you're not getting the feedback that maybe you want, where you're not hearing God, where you really feel like God is silent, maybe, or maybe he's communicating to you in a way that is not like a former season. I'm going to give you some practical things as well. Okay, so number one is coming from verse 18. Here's the backstory of the context. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar. And poured oil on top of it he called that place Bethel though the city used to be called loose okay so number one (laughs) make your problem a pillar not a stumbling block make your problem a pillar not a stumbling block okay so it's Similar to just putting a stake in the ground, like I am determined to lean in and trust God with this. I am determined to be available for what God wants to reveal to me through this. I am determined to not lean on my own understanding or just, you know, lean on my emotions and let my emotions dictate how this goes. I am going to trust God. Okay. So, example would be that. I've heard these things and I've seen it a lot with clients or in recovery ministry that folks won't want to go to a community group or a church setting or any of that until they get better, right? Until they resolve whatever issue they're facing. When you go to church for that very reason, to be filled to commune with people, to be inspired, to be encouraged, to be activated, right, in the gifts, okay? So you separating yourself as a punishment does not serve anybody, all right? Or another example would be, I'll stop this addiction when, right? When it's very interesting, right? Like, in my personal experience, stopping some sort of addictive behavior is only possible with God. You cannot do that in your own strength. If you could have, you would have already, right? So the key point with this one is you don't get good to get God. You get God and you become good, right? Like all of those things that sort of, eluded you before they start coming to pass like that addiction that you could never break it's broken off of you sometimes right or that struggle that used to just like weigh on your mind so much you have peace and a completely new mindset and perspective and way of approaching the world or your business you suddenly you know you struggled for years let's say and you get a strategy a divine download that shifts everything now and you're prospering right So that stuff happens because of who you're connected to. So determine that you are going to make a pillar out of this. This is going to become something that you become better for in some kind of way. God is going to get glory out of this. I am not going to make this a stumbling block. I am not going to complain or make excuses. This is going to be a pillar or a turning point in my life where God gets the glory, okay? That's number one. Number two from this verse is pour oil on the problem. And I know this sounds weird, and it could also be confusing if you're not aware of anointing and anointing oil and all of that, but anointing the issue means worship, okay? And worship going deeper is separating something for God separate it, separate it apart from you for God, okay? So with that, this is an extension of how God wants to get the glory from it, right? If it's up to me, this is gonna be messy, (laughs) right? I'm gonna trip about it in some kind of way in my head. I'm gonna be an emotional wreck, right? I'm gonna be totally unstable in my emotions. My heart will probably be heavy with a lot of stuff. I'll carry a ton of weight that was never mine to carry, because who the sun sets free is free indeed, so I can choose to be free in the midst of a challenging situation, experience, season, right? So it's really making a shift from persevering to progress, okay? A lot of times we stay in this state of persevering where things are really, really hard because we're not partnering with God. We're not allowing God to get the glory. We're not allowing God to guide and establish each and every step from this place of humble surrender. Like God's got it. God knows better than I could ever know. God is a good God. He's leading me to a good place, right? Even in the midst of this, God is still good, right? We persevere so long that that literally changed our entire rhythm in our way of showing up. We we think a certain way because things have been hard. They're always going to be hard because these are emotions that I've just been accustomed to feeling. I'm going to self-sabotage even, right? Or because I've lived with my heart in this place for so long, I stay here and I keep replicating these experiences and I'm not progressing. So this is about making a shift from just persevering to prospering really, but progress, right? So How that happens is God gives hope in hopeless situations. He does. And he never promised, as I mentioned, a pain-free life. But what we can do is we can turn pain into praise, okay? Which is point number three. Turn your problem into praise. That's the Bethel piece of this verse. He's able. God is able right? Like that's, that's what we can root ourselves in. God is able. And I choose to speak life. I choose to declare his promises. I choose to let him be magnified. Not me, not the problem, but I choose to allow God to take up all the space to create space for the Lord, to just have his way and get all the glory, right? So that marriage that turned around, that wasn't the guy or the gal that was absolutely God, right? Or that's, situation that seemed like such a disappointment with a career move, right? Now becomes something that is so much better that you never would have stepped into. That's God, right? Or that desire that you seem to have been wrestling with for years of your life. Maybe this was to conceive, right? Maybe out of nothing and no way, God made a way for that to happen. It's God though. And that's choosing to hope even now even now, right? So when I'm in it, God's in it. How comforting is that? When I'm in it, God's in it. So worship, what worship is doing and turning pain into praise is not like, yay, pain. It's no, it's magnifying God. And worship signifies awareness, Even in the midst of this, I'm aware of how good God is. Even in the midst of this, I'm aware that God is sovereign. Even in the midst of this, I'm aware that God is with me and that God is faithful and he is moving, right? So trust, even when you can't comprehend or understand and track with God, trust. It's a choice. So those three, again, were make your problem a pillar. Pour oil on the problem. So anoint the issue. Set it apart for God to work on. And then that's how you can really start to perceive your role and discern what your role is in that. God will guide and establish your steps and you take those. And then lastly is turn your problem into praise. Rather than making excuses, rather than complaining, rather rather than wallowing and going into a dark place, Turn it into praise, okay? So here are the practical things that I promise. So this has to do with taking healthy steps. This, this really aligns with progress, right? I'm going to choose to be better because of this, right? Like this is here. I'm not going to deny it. I'm going to be honest about it, but I'm going to rely on grace and I'm going to watch God get some mega glory out of this. So practical steps. Number one, do it for you. Do it for you. I hear a lot in the work that I do, how people want to make a difference in the lives of their children or with a particular organization or with their friends or with their partner. And that's great, right? But... Ultimately, we cannot control other people or their state, and you cannot influence well if you first don't do it for you, right? When we do things for us, specifically like taking care of our health, renewing our mind, right? Spending time with God, getting our our house or our life in order, when we do these things for ourselves first, we're setting an example without that even being our intention, and we come from a very giving place because there's overflow there because you've gotten victory in this area because you've been doing this for you for you for so long you can transfer that skill that breakthrough that revelation that knowledge that experience to other people but you can't just be talk and no action right so do it for you first and then share it do it for them but you've got to start with you first because If you're only focusing on outside, you will continue to get out of alignment and wonder why. So do it for you first. Whatever that is, let me just make this practical. If you've been putting off your health for a minute, start taking the steps to get your health in order. Give yourself a 21 day challenge, right? Follow a fitness program, get a coach or a mentor that can help you get these goals out on paper, but don't be satisfied saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to start. Great, who can help you? Ask for help, right? Don't pretend that you've got it together while you continue to struggle every day and hold yourself back. Take the risk, meaning step out of your comfort zone, recognize that you have a problem that someone can be a solution for. It's kind of like giving and receiving a gift, right? like it really is discouraging when you had such a heart and a really really beautiful intention to to give somebody a gift and they choose not to receive it oh man like you don't want to do that to the giver <laughs> receiving the gift is something that's so so beautiful and you will forever be changed and you can pay that forward so In giving and receiving, it blesses the giver and the receiver. And you don't want to cut somebody off from being able to bless you. And you also don't want to cut yourself off from being able to receive a blessing either. So keep that in mind. So whether it's for your health, whether it's learning a new skill, whatever that thing, that thing that has been a gentle nudge in your spirit that you're like, I need to do that, whatever it is, do it for you. If you need to get organized, what does that look like? If you need to... Make some changes in your health. What does that look like, right? If you need more relationship skills because maybe you weren't cultivated in them, it's not something that's just second nature for you, right? Like, how can you get those skills? What's the next step, right? Do it for you, okay, and then do it for them. If you do it for you, it will transfer. All right, so that's the first one. Then the second step with this, again, this is practical wisdom about how you can rejoice in a hopeless or powerless situation, you still can, okay? Two is show up consistently. Show up consistently with this new do-it-for-you strategy, whether that's with your health, whether that's in relationship, whether that's with your career, whatever it is, show up consistently with the new actions. Show up consistently, right? Even when you don't get the feedback, even when you don't see any change, even when you're tired, even when you're not feeling it, show up up consistently. And lastly, number 3, like how do you really do that practically would be integrate the new behaviors into your life so it becomes part of who you are now. You literally immerse yourself into it all the time. So something that I talk about and you can get this on my website julianapage.com. I have the daily 5 that have transformed my life and sometimes what I'll say with this is it's just a subtle shift that can make all the difference in your life. So for example, in my background, I knew that there was I was an athlete, so I knew things to do, but it was strange because in a particular season that I was in, those things weren't working. And I was like, this is bizarre and I needed something new. What I, what I knew was not enough at this point. I needed new knowledge and a new way to apply it to my life, right? Or to some degree (laughs) when you think that you've learned a ton right when you've gotten the degrees when you've gotten the certifications you can feel like oh i'm good right but personal development is a daily thing this is not something that you just do occasionally when you're really in a, a pickle right like it's something that you do all the time so All that to say, there's things that I know to do that I wasn't doing, right? And I don't believe that you need to hit rock bottom to really have a wake-up call. I don't believe that you have to do that. So the daily five is how to stay healthy and stable in the midst of it all. Okay, so I can just highlight some of them here. One of them, number one, is personal development. So spending time with God every day, developing my mind, right? Renewing my mind, giving, exposing myself to new knowledge, investing in things that I know that I'm going to become better because I make myself uncomfortable in that way. Personal development, showing up and making space for that every single day. Two, moving my body. I release so much through moving my body. I grow in strength and resilience. It teaches me so many lessons that are far beyond physical. So move your body every day. It will help keep your bones and joints healthy and has so many other wild benefits, but that's number two. Three is focusing on getting optimum nutrition into my body. How I do it is I think about, will this energize me? Will this give me the nutrients that I need for what is present today, right? Like if I know if I'm looking at something and it's just going to be like a sugar or caffeine hit and make me crash, or I see a different option, right, that I know will give me energy and cause me to feel good, right, even though it's not going to just give me instant pleasure, right, like something else would. I'm going to choose the other option. So when I weigh it differently, not from a calorie perspective, not from anything like that, but is this going to give me the nutrients that I need? Right? Very different experience. So that's number three. Number four is service right? Like I believe that we are here to contribute to add value. And if you've done those first three, you've really got value to contribute. So finding a way to serve every day, like be on the lookout for the opportunities. How can you be more effective in this meeting? Like actually visualize that, meditate on it, pray about it before having the meeting. Or how can you be a breath of fresh air when you're going through the grocery store. Like, how can you get out of your own way and get off your own list to be present to what you are actually feeling and experiencing in the world, right? Like when you're around people, some people that you encounter are like one moment away from a total breakdown and you encountering them could shift them completely. But sometimes we're so much in our own world that we miss it. We just miss it. And then number five is gratitude. I personally have learned that I used to really... I was not good at this. (laughs) I was trying to come up with the right word. Um, But I was not really good at this because I was always on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, that I really struggle to be present and to be fully in the moment and let those moments be full and enough, right? And let me experience them fully and embrace what's happening without judgment, without good, bad, right, wrong. It needs to be this. It needs to be that, right? Because I find that when we are super hard on ourselves, we are super hard on other people we're uber judgmental critical and just not fun to be around and that, that ain't it that ain't it so gratitude and a practice a daily practice check that out a daily practice of that really shifts you so that's what i would say the daily five is how i integrate those five things into my life and everything else is just bonus and you can imagine if you're practicing these things every day and just being consistent with it it becomes who you are, and how you show up. And that can be expressed differently every day, and it can even happen at different times of the day. But you become a stronger, healthy version of yourself because of what you invest in and focus on daily, okay? So for example, do I still have moments? Yes, but I give myself pockets of time to process those. I'm not going to let a mood spoil my day. I'm not going to let an encounter with some get me an encounter with somebody get me offended in some kind of way that derails my original focus. I'm not, but it's because I've got these buffers going on, right? Because of that quiet time, I'm more aware of God and his presence throughout my day. Because of being healthy, I'm more energized. I don't have all of these you know groggy feelings. I'm more focused, I'm more clear, I'm more present, right? Because of eating well, I don't have a lot of, you know, digestive stuff going on, or I don't have a lot of like lethargy, right? Lethargy, however you want to say that. (laughs) I, I don't feel lazy and tired and worn out every day because I'm energizing myself properly, right? I'm giving my body what it needs, which is a work in progress is what I'm also highlighting, right? Because I'm focusing on being of service, I don't let myself be super uh, Self centered or introspective. It's just not serving me. So I spend less time there and I think about how can I bless this person? I've been blessed to be a blessing. How can I pay that forward today? There's always something. And usually, on even my worst days when I don't think I have anything to give, there's always something to give. Always. And then gratitude blows my mind every time. When I start doing that after probably resisting it for a minute. <laughs> I am always filled back up by all the things to be grateful for. And I usually have to end up repenting for like not living in that awareness, right? Like I can live in the awareness of goodness all the time, but I don't always choose it. What's that about, right? So gratitude is a constant self-check. So that's just an example of how I went through these very things that I'm giving you. I started doing all of that for me, for my sanity, for my health, for my mindset, for, for my impact and influence. I knew if I didn't get me straight, none of that stuff's going to work. Right. And then I showed up consistently. I showed up when I didn't feel like it. I showed up when I was tired. I showed up when no one's clapping for me. Right. But I kept showing up. Okay. And then I integrated it into my lifestyle. So it didn't feel like work. It actually became. All of those things became things that I look forward to, and it affected how I showed up in every interaction with other people and how creative I could be or not, right? and how available I was to to create space for God. Very, very interesting how that all happened. So particularly in hard places, it is so important to have practices that you integrate into your life. You can rejoice in a hard place, you can grow in a hard place. You can see God move in a hard place. There is hope in your hard place. Whatever that hard place is, I just invite you to see how God is moving in the midst of whatever you've been battling, in the midst of whatever you've been fighting, in the midst of whatever unrest you've experienced or have been experiencing. I invite you to just see what hope is God given you? What answers has he provided? In what ways has he been faithful? How has he been growing you? What has he been revealing to you? Get the focus off the problem and off you and put it back on God and watch what happens. Whew! It was a little bit of a heavy one, guys, but it's so, so powerful. And I think and believe that we need practical wisdom in our daily life. What we are facing is real. Some days it's heavier <laughs> than other days. Sometimes we feel less centered than other days and all of that is part of it, right? But we have someone we can run to for help. We have someone that is with us in it. We have someone we can trust, okay? So my encouragement is, If this message blessed you, make sure, if you haven't already, that you subscribe to this podcast. You can also get messages like this over on my YouTube channel, Juliana Page. So you can subscribe over there. And juliannapage.com is where I have bundled (laughs) and put everything in one place from a blog to the God's Vibes Matter books to coaching packages to a self mastery course, all the things. All the things are over there. So make sure you go check that out. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.